0: Ben, I can see on your face right now just how excited you are for today's podcast. Today on the Articulate Film Podcast with us, Ben and Jacob, we are going to be talking about No Time to Die, the brand new James Bond film, Daniel Craig's last film as James Bond. And uh, don't you worry, this is a non-spoiler review this week, but next week, hopefully I'm going to watch it or hopefully we're going to find someone else that's watched it that can come on the podcast. When
1: Jacob's watched it, we will do a spoiler review.
0: So I that basically is your way of saying, Jacob, go watch it.
1: It's my way of saying I wouldn't want to do a spoiler review talking to someone on the other line who hasn't seen it, because look, no time to spoil. There's a lot in this film to spoil. There's a lot to talk about. And I'm gonna have to try my hardest to pussyfoot in my non-spoiler review today around all the bits I can't spoil, which is, like, most of the film.
0: There, I, I've also heard there are a lot of, like, twists in it as well, and I've heard the stunts are just incredible. I've heard there's a lot of good motorbike stunts.
1: Yes, there are some really good motorbike work. Um, there's two really good motorbike scenes. There's one... So the film kind of opens... You know how Bond traditionally is a big, massive opening stunt sequence and then it goes into the beautiful animated pre-title sequence. There is an amazing, the pre-title sequence is this amazing stunt car chase with motorbikes and cars through some Italian city. You've also got a scene of Rami Malek chasing a little girl along some ice. Um, It's a really good opening and then suddenly you're like, bam, this is
0: Bond. I mean, there is so much to get into and so much to unravel. But in addition to No Time to Die, if there's any time left, uh, we're going to be talking about The Many Saints of Newark, uh, Shithouse and Sweetheart as well. But Ben, it is only right to start, even though we've kind of already started, talking about No Time to Die. Should we start by talking about one of the biggest things for this film and for the franchise? The last James Bond with Daniel Craig
1: in. Yeah, and this is kind of the first time that it's a proper final goodbye for a Bond before, because you think about it, Connery's with Diamond Draft Forever, Moore's was A View to a Kill, Brosnan's Die Another Day. Every other last, every other Bond has ended on their weakest film, and then they've kind of been discarded, because right. their last and film have was we
0: known, Have we known in the past that this was... Roger Moore's last Bond film, film. No,
1: I don't I don't think it's ever been a big last one. Like this is the first okay, time it's been it a was, big last it one. It just
0: happened after the film. Oh yeah, that was Roger Moore's last.
1: Yeah, they film. kind right. of got that's booted off think, for a new think, Bond. Yeah, that's what's happened in the past. They release a unsuccessful film, the franchise soft reboots itself. But that's also slightly because Daniel Craig's James Bond is the only Bond to have had a continuing story arc over his five films. I mean, Bond... you know,
0: he really wanted to um I know that he really wanted to dive into Bond's personal life. And I think, you know, over the I have watched uh rewatch Skyfall and shit, what's the other one? Spectre. Yes, I rewatched them. And in comparison to like the old ones, Casino Royale and the one with the uh the teeth guy in. Um, you really connect with Bond on a personal level. Does that continue into this film?
1: So the development of Bond through the Daniel Craig era, because all five of them really do connect once you've seen this film, it continues, right. I would say. Daniel Craig's like the first... It's the, the emotional stakes are back. And that is why No Time to Die is so rewarding, because there are emotional stakes in it. There is death in this film. Um... Which of course, is, there's which,
0: always death in a Bond film,
1: but there's, it's in a way that has got is it, stakes. A,
0: is it deaths we care about? No, there, like, there oh, are yeah, stakes the in films. the film that
1: I don't want to spoil, but there are stakes. You bring characters yeah. back, so actually, this oh, film feels it feels like a direct sequel to Spectre, and the fact that Christoph Waltz is back as Blofeld, he's not the main villain, but he is back in there, and but more crucially, Leah Sue Do is back as Madeline Swan, the Bond girl from the last film. She's come back into this, and her character's really developed. I don't want to say the story mechanisms that bring her back into the plot, but her character's developed and enhanced from being a weak Bond girl to one of the best, and really, by the end of the film...
0: I really, really want to be able to connect with Bond girls, because, you know, it feels like they're there for a quarter of the film and then goodbye.
1: So, I would say... And I feel
0: like that is getting a bit dated, that idea.
1: Yes, so you have... Leah Sidhu, who literally is Madeleine Swan, she is, I would say, it's as much her character's film as it is a Bond film. Um, Yes. Their their stakes as a relationship become massive. The story's about love. It's a love story between them. In a similar way to how uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service was a love story towards Bond and Diana Riggs' character, who's the only other Bond act girl of any major note and was killed in that film and there are very similar parallels between On Her Majesty's Secret Service and No Time to Die including things like the score and the fact that um, you have all the, t- the Louis Armstrong film song from the film that I'm blanking on the name of uh, actually plays over the film and enhanced into the score so um, it's got those parallels I think it's really interesting. You also have a black woman as 007. Yes, which is... I was
0: gonna speak about this. The first ever female agent, right? In in, in the James Bond franchise. Like, no, they've had
1: female great. agents. They have had female agents. Like and it's
0: Ollie and Phil said this was the first ever female.
1: No, that's that's bollocks. There's always been female agents in 007. Even women like Vasper Lind was a Treasury Secret Service and an espionage. you well, Holly and
0: Phil like giving me wrong information. What
1: Holly and Phil were trying to say was it's the first time we've had someone step into that 007 code name who's not James Bond, uh, who is Le- Luciana Lynch, who's a black woman, and it's an interesting development having that character. And she's sharp and she's funny, and she likes to point out how, how much of a dinosaur Bond is and she's impressive in her own right. But, and there is... Has a, she
0: Has the actor been in a lot of other things before?
1: She was in Captain Marvel. Um, she's going to be in the new Matilda musical. But this kind of feels like her big break. And uh, the one thing I will say is I do want to see Naomi, who is the new 007 in the film. I want to see her carry on in the franchise. I also, I, I think there's, Amazon's now bought the franchise and i think there is scope to maybe carry on naomi i mean i have a thought i want to do with the franchise i'm not like gonna... can i
0: point out can i just say a suggestion who else can see an amazon prime and naomi limited series coming
1: i mean yeah i mean you can i think the bond will have a hard reboot after this and i think that's only right but I would But could you, see, could you
0: see that suggestion? Yeah, but,
1: like, I personally not just couldn't see it. I I'm kind of want a world in which we get to see Naomi and she gets to interact in films. I want it in films. She gets to interact with Ralph Fien's M and Ben Whishaw's Q and Naomi Harris's Miss Money Penny, who's really underserved in this film. But Naomi Harris does wonders as ever. And even bring people like Anna as uh, Cuban agent, who's in a tiny bit of the film, but it's the best bit of the film. So keep the established world of the Craig era going, as well as having another Bond going. I think this is where you get really exciting. With I mean, Ben, franchise. we're
0: going to get to who we think should be the next James Bond in a sec. I know we've uh, had Snapchat um, discussions about it. Um, I know who I, and I've said it on the podcast before, I know who I think should be James Bond. But, Ben, I want to talk about the villain for this franchise. Oh, no, for this film, rather. What's it? Who played the villain again?
1: Um, Rami Malik, uh, who plays a character called, uh, and I want to get it 100% called, I want to get the first name in there because I know the surname and I know what the first name nearly is. Right. Yeah, he plays Lucifer Saffin. Now, right. what's that name sound like? What well, like, famously, isn't Lucifer... Te- Se- Lucif- Lucifer... Lucifer... S- Saturn, isn't that the devil? Lucifer oh, Staten. God, yeah,
0: Satan.
1: Yeah, Satan, Lucifer Satan. Now we've got oh. Lucifer Saturn.
0: I can't believe I was the one to get that, by the way, man.
1: Well, I... Couldn't remember Satan as a word. Uh, I I was blanking. <laughs> but I would say the film is really good for the first two hours, and then it's a
0: long film, innit? it? It's, it, two, it's like nearly two? three hours,
1: and right. then or maybe about an hour and a half. And Rami Malek isn't really in the really good bits of the film. And he, when he is, he's kind of like this intimidating I mean, maybe horror two and a half presence, hours,
0: right? Maybe two and a half hours.
1: No, it's nearly three hours. Oh, okay. It's two hours and forty-five minutes. It's nearly okay, but three you hours. think
0: the first hour and a half might be the best bit?
1: Yes, and I think the last twenty minutes is also unbelievable. I think. Okay, so it's that. It's, but it's that that kind the of kind of, of middle bit, bit, and yeah, it's the kind like of third, third of act. In the um, yeah, that's kind of weak, and it's because they suddenly stop. Is it rat... is
0: it weak necessarily, or is it just not on par with? No, the it's other it's weak. It's it's weak. like,
1: and I'll tell you why it's weak. It's because suddenly they bring Rami Malek's character from being quite an intimidating, quiet, silent presence to they bring them to the evil lair. This is in the trailer that you go to the lair. And yeah. he's talks his massive master plan that doesn't make sense. And it's expositional. And quite frankly, Rami Malek's not a good villain in this film. He he, is, he's the he's, main villain, he's, right? Yeah, he's he kind See, of... See,
0: I've heard things that he's not bad, but he's not going to be your memorable Bond villain um, no
1: he's there's nothing memorable about him his lines yeah. don't make sense he kind of mumbles and goes James Bond in a really weird way um he's he's unwatchable I found it really difficult to watch the scenes he was in and that may have been because by the time he was on screen for me it was three o'clock in the morning because I went to a midnight screening but of I course. thought he was you want
0: to go watch it again then you can I it do again I do want to go day.
1: and watch it again but I thought he was really, really uncomfortable to watch and I didn't think he was great. And also, I think this is an important thing to note. I am so over Bond films and films in general having bad guys with facial scars.
0: Oh my God, I am so
1: over it. I think (laughs) it is such a lazy cliche that is so harmful and we only ever see people... And there's not one... Not two, but three villains in this film, or bad guys, or henchmen, who have facial deformities, and it's just so lazy and so past. And I love the film. It's
0: so unoriginal, right? I really like and also, this. Also, if they made like a cool backstory about how they got the scars, maybe. And it's the fact that they all, have, like, so many villains in so many franchises. Yeah, yeah,
1: I really like this but, film, but it just feels like such an outdated fucking concept for a Bond film right. that prides itself, and this one really does pride itself on being 21st century and being modern and being interesting. I believe interesting. there
0: are aspects that have really hit that.
1: Yes, and there are, and there are some really good bits. But in this aspect particularly, it just wasn't needed. And I was just fuming, because you have a weak villain who you give very little characterisation because this truly is Bond's story and it's Bond who gets the development. And Saffin really does feel like an afterthought, like a plot to get in motion when it's quite a typical Bond bit villain. And then the kind of characterisation is this facial scar thing. It's, it's beyond bad. And if and it's beyond
0: basic and unoriginal.
1: And Spectre, Spectre did the same thing in the fact that it started really well really good first hour and a half and then completely fell off the rails no time to die does doesn't fall off the rails as quickly as spectre did and it doesn't hit the lows spectre did i like spectre but the second half of that film is not great but no time to die does also manage to fi- find its feet by the end but and then, i don't want to say why but i think it's because the end was needed
0: overall though you do bloody loved this film, right?
1: Yeah, I really liked the action. I liked how John Wick it became. Um, I liked how kind of it went back to Casino Royale and how you felt the punches. There's Casino
0: Royale, probably one of the most famous Bond films ever.
1: The I'm talking about the first Daniel Craig Casino Royale, not the 60s one. That's still my... Fi- I was thinking back in it. I think... Because I did it on the website, you can see this. I did an entire... I ranked all the Bond films. Um, oh, wow. No Time to Die came sixth, uh, if, if, if you want to know. Behind. Yeah,
0: wh- where did, what came first? Goldfinger. Right.
1: It's just iconic. It's uh, just
0: the one with the guy with the teeth.
1: Well, Jaws, I, he was in lots of the Roger Moore films, which the, the I... The Jaws think
0: right. one where he's like in an aeroplane. I can't remember.
1: The Roger Moore ones aren't amazing, but Goldfinger, the one with the laser and the cars, like that's just iconic. Then I had Casino Royale in second, Skyfall in third, On Her Majesty's Secret Service in fourth, Doctor No in fifth, uh, No Time to Die in sixth, and Goldeneye in seventh. That's right, mate. That,
0: that. You know what? Because but it's, got really, good. it's really good. It's really yeah. good, and it is. And it's it... got some a lot of competition, right?
1: Yeah, there's twenty five films, but to be fair, about fifteen of them. Which them one were...
0: came last?
1: Uh well I included the nineteen sixties Casino Royale, which is truly terrible. That came twenty-seventh. But like to be fair, I would say there's about seven bad fit Bond films, about ten me about 12- thirteen mediocre films and about eight good ones. So Right. Uh, it's, okay, so it's, this is this a good is made one. Top it's, a, a. it's it's a really, really good film and I think it cemented Daniel Craig as the best Bond.
0: I just love the. Oh, statement! I don't think it is because he's had next, next,
1: Yes, so, shall we move whoever on? Whoever
0: gets. Yeah, let's get on to it. Whoever gets this uh, gig next is has got s- the big issues. So,
1: I was ever thinking. To Phil, to
0: right? Yeah,
1: this Excuse is my me, thought. Me, shoot, shoot. This is my thought. Having seen No Time to Die and knowing where No Time to Die ends, I think it would feel disrespectful. If the next Bond film comes out before twenty twenty seven, why? Because, um, Spectre Mate, came out I in want 20... it, I want it twenty twenty four. No, because Spectre came out in twenty fifteen. Yeah? yeah, and that and that's a six year wait we've just had. And I think let this. It's film... meant
0: to be five years, there wasn't it? Covid. It
1: was meant to be five years, but it was still six. Like you can't deny it was six. I think <laughs> let not, let this let this film rest give it its time give it a few years and then when people and then do a really hard reboot i think we can't dive into bond for the next couple of years you know it's not like there can be a new bond film complete reboot in 3 years i just don't think it will work because right. of where this film's left the franchise and i also feel like they're going to want to pay craig a little bit of respect and give him a little bit of time and this film leaves the franchise in a really good spot it's like the avengers He's an it's like joke. the it's the 25th bond film and it's like the avengers end game of bond films so i kind of think leave it and then come back in 5 years time with doing something completely different like Maybe I'm no, not really,
0: different, that's the thing. May, no, Could no, no, but, not, but you, can't, you can't shy away from the Bond roots. That, yeah, but I'm not no, talking
1: I'm, about a complete okay. reinvention. I'm talking about maybe do a younger Bond like Casino Royale wanted to do and Daniel Craig became old Bond in free film. Because we've just done old Bond. Daniel Craig is old Bond. I think we've left old Bond in a really definitive way. So maybe we do a really young reboot. Maybe we do a funnier one. Maybe you do a 60s period piece with James Bond bring back into the 60s. Maybe you adapt an Ian Fleming book again. Try and, I think, do something different, but still being James Bond. Like, there are many, because this is a franchise that's been going on for 60 years. There are many different things that you can do over 60 years, and it's been many different things. So I think you can still be Bond while being quite... But I think it needs to be quite different from No Time To Die. So that's why I really think Idris Elba and Tom Hardy... Yes! ...who would have been great Bonds 10 oh. years ago. Yeah. I I don't think they would work because I think they would be... They wouldn't be distinctive because they'd be treading back on the ground that Daniel Craig's just walked.
0: I don't believe The Next one's going to do five films.
1: No, I don't either. I reckon they'll do three or four. Three. But, but I don't know, because um, it it's a role that people do tend to stick But even if you do three films, yeah, that's still 10 that's years. That's
0: 15 years. 10, 15 years.
1: Let's, it, 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 it'll be nine years quickest. From today, yeah. it would be nine years quickest. Right. So, like, that's what, 2030... So that you do, and Barbara Broccoli will have this in her mind. The person she casts for the next Bond will need to be able to play the role in 2030, maybe even 2035. Which mm. means they can't be, what? Any younger than about 36. They can't your, be older than their opinion. late 30s. They in can't your, be in their. And also, if you start with someone in their 40s, buy free films, they've got nowhere to go because they've just done old Bond
0: and people are bored of old Bond. I mean, the person <laughs> I want to be, Bond, is someone who is 49, but he's in bloody good shape for the age of 49.
1: Yeah, but, you know...
0: Idris Elba. Just watch I just feel like he would be absolutely perfect.
1: I think he would have. I think he he's great. Watch Lufa. Just watch Lufa. He's I've done, watched it. I know. Just I enjoy Lufa. Have Lufa as his definitive work, or The Wire, to be fair. But he. But w- the
0: thing is, it just seems like he's made to be James Bond. Mm. If he got it, Ben. If he got the role, which he is one of the bookies' favourites, right? Would you be annoyed? No.
1: I think actually, I would because I think he's I think he's a hip replacement away. Like I just. I think he would be treading on ground that Daniel Craig's just trod on. Because how do you make him an interesting... Like, where do you bring the Bond character with Idris Elba that's distinctive? Because he is very similar to Daniel Craig. Because he would be charismatic but brutal. Yeah. Because I'm assuming he would do something similar to what he did in Lufa. Which would be something similar to Daniel Craig. And he's Daniel Craig's age. Unless you bring some
0: more, I'd love a black bond for a start.
1: I would love, I would love a black or a mixed race bond, or a a, a Southeast Asian bond. I think that is
0: well. The thing, as long as it stays, as long as the character remains from England, I wouldn't. It's got to have. So do you want to know who
1: I'm throwing out?
0: Daniel oh, I Kaluuya a, definitely wants someone from a black and minority ethnic. Who are you throwing out, Ben? Daniel character?
1: Kaluuya, let's have him. He's thirty-two. He's just won his Oscar. He had his break in a spy film ten years ago, uh, in Johnny English Reborn, where he played Tucker. Um, he's no just, that guy. Yeah, he's just won his Oscar for Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah, which he is. You
0: love.
1: Yep, yeah, and he's such a physical presence in that film. He was amazing in Get Out he's also been really dark and scary and Queen and Slim or Widows. He's charming, he's charismatic, he's British. Like, I, I think he's probably the person Barbara Broccoli will call up first. Let, not even in 10, 15 years' time. He could, he'll be Daniel Craig's age in 20 years. So, there's a place you can go with him.
0: If, I, I just, feel like Idris deserves it, man, and I feel like if it no, he doesn't, this
1: time he he doesn't deserve the role. He's had iconic roles in the past. He's had yeah. roles which he's made iconic, you know. And I don't think why why are we saying an actor deserves it? Considering only six actors will ever get it. It's not like an Oscar. Idris Elba undoubtedly has had work in his career. By the end of it, he should get an Oscar. But like. He doesn't know. He's not owed this franchise.
0: No, I, I I know that, but I I just feel like he's perfect. I really do. I can he, see it I, now. I, I, think I he feel like he'd great. be so cool. Can, he, he is a cool bloke. He is cool. He's so he's cool. A and I feel like you know Daniel Craig isn't so cool. I think Daniel
1: Craig's cool in Bond.
0: Okay, but think of how much cooler Elba would be.
1: I think he'd be sick. No, because I think Daniel Craig is as cool as you get as James Bond, S- oh. and I think Idris Elba would be really interesting and really brutal and really aggressive. But I don't think he's.
0: You think the age is going against him here?
1: Yeah, because he's fifty. Look, he'll be in his fifties. He'll be in his fifties by the time they shoot the film. Yeah,
0: but he how will. He Santa would probably be.
1: Now? He's in his 50s, he's fi- He's early 50s now. Idris Elba is Daniel Craig's age. And I'm sorry, we've just seen three Bond films that talk about James Bond's age a lot. I do not think the next Bond film with a different Bond, and the next couple of Bond films, should talk about James Bond being an old guy. Another interesting actor, having just watched The Green Knight, which he was excellent in, but he's also led things like Hotel Mumbai, Mumbai, and he's younger than people think he is because he was around in *Slumdog Millionaire*. But Dev Patel, he's a brilliant yeah. actor. He's charismatic. He um, have you seen *Slumdog* um *Skins*? I think he's in that.
0: Uh, I have seen *Skins*. Yeah. I, I hated it, by the
1: way. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, so I'm just I've heard he's in it, but but he's also been in *Slumdog Millionaire*. He was the lead in that. Um. Right. But he's also been Oscar nominated for Lion, he was in The Green Knight, he was in Hotel Mumbai. He's had so many things in his career. He was amazing, just undeniable in the personal history of David Copperfield. Like, it's one of my favourite films for the last few years. And he was unbelievable in that. And I just think he is someone who's really charismatic and suave and would be an interestingly different Bond. Because Daniel Craig's Bond's quite aggressive and quite physical and quite fighty. Whereas I think Dev Patel's would be smarter and more casually charming.
0: Okay, and you you think you want James Bond to switch it up a bit?
1: Yeah, I want something different.
0: Like I, I don't want someone to look like they're just imitating Daniel Radcliffe's work. Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Craig's work.
1: Daniel Radcliffe wouldn't be the worst James Bond. He would be an interesting cool.
0: He'd be quite cool, wouldn't he? (laughs) Uh, But who's the kid that plays Draco Malfoy? He'd be better.
1: No, because he's not actually an amazing actor. <laughs> he,
0: he does look a bit hippie now.
1: And let's be honest, you'd be thinking about his hip replacement quite quickly in the film. Has
0: he got a hip replacement?
1: No, but he, he doesn't...
0: He's not ageing well, is he? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe would be a, cool, uh, a sick one. I mean, good to see, I reckon. Yeah,
1: and another former child star, just to say, Nicholas Holt. I mean, they're probably not going to go for another white Bond, but Nicholas Holt would be brilliant. Henry Golding. Help! Henry Golding as well, I think. I just I watched guys last month. I thought that was really underrated. Um, I think he has the physical presence for a Bond. He's charming. He's got that kind of Hugh Grant English rom-com charm twin, but can also sell the fight scenes. He would be a great bond. There are so many brilliant choices of people who are in their early 30s. Reggie John Page, who just stole everyone's hearts in Bridgerton. I don't think I would go for him, considering. Yeah. But just saying, I think there are so many brilliant options. Or go for a complete unknown. How exciting would that? No, the... no,
0: no, 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 no. Or no, someone, who's hard only, hard.
1: someone who's only had been in like four films and he's been in supporting roles and he's in his own. Hugh McGregor 20.
0: would be a sick Bond.
1: He's about 50 so... no. as <laughs> well.
0: I think you're ages, mate.
1: No, I'm just saying, I do not want to see the same... I do not want to see another old Bond film where uh, James Bond talks about being old again for like another... Uh,
0: Hugh McGregor, just a quick... I don't... Search.
1: I don't want to see a film about James Bond being old until I'm in my 50s, I reckon, because we've just seen three (laughs) on the trot. Like, I'm bored (laughs) of them. Like, No Time to Die is brilliant, but I do not want to see If you're listening Bond
0: directors, make the films tailored to them, please.
1: No, I'm just saying, no one wants to see the exact same film we've just seen the last three of. If you're doing a reboot, do a reboot. Like, have some fun with the character, for God's sake.
0: Um I feel like we're miss I'm missing someone who I think would be a great Bond. Oh, what is the- his name? It'll come back to me. Um what do we think of the idea of a female James Bond?
1: I love the idea of a female W07. Um But not with James Bond. But I what are you I Jen Bond? Like it all just sounds a bit naff. It
0: but does I sound think- a bit naff. And it is a bloke.
1: But also, do four strong female characters in that world is a much better thing than a female bond, in my opinion.
0: I'd agree with that. I'd also love a great female villain.
1: Yes, Olivia Coleman. Or Gillian Anderson. Cast Gillian Anderson as the next Bond villain. <laughs> you just adore I Gillian Anderson. I mean, who doesn't? Cast Olivia Coleman as the next Bond villain. I dare you. Cast her as like a Bond villain for the next three films. Do I it mean, like.
0: Julian Anderson would be a great Bond villain. Yeah,
1: do it like. This is a weird shout, but why don't they announce this is the hero for that? This is the new Bond, and he's got to do three films. And this is the new villain, and she's going to do See, three films.
0: See, I'd love the idea of a villain who sticks around getting defeated at the end of the film
1: yeah do one who sticks around for a couple of films make it a real grudge match or oh. well,
0: one that one that's in the first film big in the first film gets away barely gets mentioned in the other films but there's a couple of things that link back to them and then bam they're back
1: yeah no do a big band who's in like there, there's so many interesting things that you could do Maybe even just do a one-off Bond film. Have someone play the role and get a really creative director in and say, this is the only time they're going to do it. They're only going to do this one. Let's just go mad. Like, that won't happen,
0: Ben. That won't happen.
1: That won't happen.
0: Reality check, please. But
1: I'm just, I'm just saying, there are saying You're so just many... throwing
0: some ideas and I there's think a they're... lot of things they could do, right? I
1: think they're going in for a hard reboot now because this this era of Bond's ended. And we've had this era for 16 years. So now, I think, is the time where Barbara Broccoli can go. And No Time to Die has been a massive cr- critical and commercial success. And people are back into the franchise. So now's when you can have some also, fun with Billy it. Also,
0: Billy doing the theme tune has helped uh, the publicity massively. Great move from them.
1: Yeah, but Bond always gets quite big people to do the theme tune. I yeah, but it.
0: never someone this young. And also... Has it ever been an American before?
1: Alicia Keys, Madonna's done oh, one. Yeah. Alicia Keys has done them, like okay. See. The last four have so of since since two thousand and two, it's been Madonna, who was quite big at the turn of the century.
0: She's still huge, man.
1: Yeah, she is still huge. Then I can't remember who did Casino Royale, but Alicia um, Alicia
0: Keys, Alicia
1: Keys, yep, did Quantum. Then you had Adele doing. Um Skyfall. Skyfall at Pikadel, it was Picadell back in twenty twelve. You had Sam Smith in Peak
0: Sam Smith in
1: twenty fifteen.
0: Yeah, he's the kind of now he's not big, so
1: No, but back in 2015 he was a big deal.
0: Yeah. And we knew Edge Chiron, but we never no, see him.
1: Like you need a Harry big styles. Need, the person who would have done an amazing one in twenty fifteen was Paloma Faith. Yeah. But she she's would. now probably aged out. Of it, so yeah, I think yeah. it will be interesting. Rag and Bone Man, someone I could see ending being put on the next one if yes. he stays relevant. I feel like yeah. they'll go for Guy again after this. Just
0: yeah, it. it's yeah. I, I don't know. i but I do love the Billie Eilish "No Time to Die" song. I love that her brother like composed it all as well.
1: I think it's a good Bond song. Um,
0: it is a good Bond song. Um, okay. Are we done with James Bond?
1: Yes, we'll park that till you've seen it and we can talk about the end.
0: Should we go on to The Many Saints of Newark? Am I saying it right?
1: Yes. So this yes! is Yes. This is the Sopranos prequel film that um is this is in my opinion, okay? And I'm someone who has watched The Sopranos and I do think it's the greatest show of all time. And it pains me to say this, that this film is a hot mess. Like, it's the story of uh mm, I, so I'm it's the story of Dickie M Mal- uh Christopher Meliente, um, hit from the original show, Tony Soprano's nephew, his father, it's the story of him, and he's such a big part of the Sopranos mythology who we've never met because Spoiler alert, he's dead before the Sopranos start. Um, And it's narrated by Christopher Maloney, uh, who we know is dead, because they reminded us he died in the Sopranos, but he's narrating it from the death, but he's also narrating events that happened before he was born. Like, that's just... It's an off place to start. You have a young Tony Soprano, played by... James Gandolfini who made the role iconic, his son Michael Gandolfini is playing Tony Soprano, you have Vera Femigo stepping into the role of a young Leah Soprano, which she's great because that is such a well-written character. Um, the problem with this film is it doesn't know where it wants to go. You start off with it being a Dickie Millicente film, and he's brilliant, and he really does make the film his own, and you also have Leslie Odom Jr. as Harold who's this black mafia guy in the 1960s. And the film starts off, and it starts off as a racial tension, and that's where you think the film's going to go, go. You see the racial riots, you see how on edge it is. you also see the Italian side of time, and it feels like it's going to be a mafia clash. And that's a really great film there. And that could have been a real mafia epic, in the same legs as The Godfather and The Sopranos, and that's a really good thing. And it builds that story. And that story is at the top of the story mountain. And it's where it's going to go. And then the film takes a hard left into being a biopic. Into being a prequel for Tony Soprano. and It
0: just sounds very confusing.
1: I think the film didn't know what it wanted to be. And I think is actually... This,
0: this, is, this isn't the film that you thought has no plot? Or is no,
1: it? this is the film I think has no plot. I think what happened is David Chase who was brilliant on The Sopranos, and Alan Taylor, who also directed lots of it. I think they wrote the stuff between Millicenti, the Italians, and the African-American mafia, and I think they wrote that as a big mafia epic tied into the Soprano world, but tied into the lore of it, but not a Sopranos prequel. And then maybe someone at HBO Max said, can we have a few more Soprano characters and references thrown in there? Or maybe just they thought, oh, we should just include a young Tony Soprano for for fun. And then I think they got more and more indulgent with the old Sopranos prequel things. And then the story they're telling becomes more and more about that and less and less about what it started. And you're left with two different films that will work for Sopranos fans who want a Sopranos completionist story. Like, it's interesting. If you've not watched The Sopranos, this film will mean nothing to you. It's just disappointing. Particularly considering it's based off one of the best TV shows of all time.
0: So you wouldn't recommend people going to watch this?
1: No, I think it's bad.
0: You said it's based off one of the best TV shows of all time. Do we need to watch that TV show?
1: Yes, which I also think is a problem, because this film should stand up. Considering The Sopranos ended 15 years ago... This film should stand on its own.
0: It should have a lot of hype and a lot of positivity.
1: No, it's not in that way. But it should know... Like, you can't expect people to remember intimately a show that ended 15 years ago. Yeah. So you should be able to make the film if you're connecting it to that world its own beast.
0: Yeah. Unless you're a diehard fan, which, that's a very niche market, you know?
1: Yeah, because even though it's one of the biggest... Shows of all time, and it's one of the best ones, and it still has a massive fan base. You 15 would be, years? Yeah, you will have to be, like, solidly in your 40s, late 30s, early 40s, to have been able to have watched it when it came out.
0: Let alone remember it 15 years later.
1: Yeah, so you're kind of relying on people like me who've gone back and watched it, but that's not a massive amount of people.
0: No. And then oh, okay, and then, what to else top you off, the week? film's
1: not great. So, uh, f- to finally finish off the show, I've got two brilliant indie rom coms that I've really fallen for. Firstly, Shit House, uh, or, or it's sometimes you can called...
0: tell it's indie just by that name. Sometimes... Is it on Apple TV Plus?
1: No, it's not. Neither of these are. You you have to kind of hand them out. This is to rent on like iTunes and stuff. It's either called Shit House or Freshman Year. Um, I def- prefer
0: the name Shit House.
1: Same. It's about this lonely college fresher who kind of goes to a party because he feels isolated and alone, and it's like a one last name, and he meets this girl, and they spend all night together, and they go That's walking.
0: Very basic and unoriginal.
1: And they spend all night walking around, and they try and the girl Maggie, she's just lost her turtle. Her turtle's just died, and um, and they go and bury her turtle. Oh. And end up in all Spring sorts of concept. hijinks. And, um, well, no, because I think there are a couple of things this film does better, really well. Firstly, Cooper Raff, uh,
0: turtle dies.
1: Cooper Raff, who directed, wrote, and stars in the film. Um, he's only 22. He's the lead in the film. He manages to capture this really great sense that Alex is really lonely and he's really isolated. And I think that strikes a chord because you have the whole sense of he's in a place where everyone around him is pretending to have the time of their lives. And he feels he should be, and he's just not. And I think with the pandemic and the way that's affected uni, I think the feeling of isolation and loneliness that a lot of students have, I think that really comes through in this film, and how everyone expects uni or college to be the time of your life, but actually, for a lot of people... For a solid amount of people It's mm. not amazing and it's overhyped And it's a lonely and an isolated experience I think that's captured really well here Because they don't idealise and
0: I, I love the idea of more films showing this Yeah and I think also
1: college. the relationship Between Alex and Maggie is really interesting And watching the two of them spend the night together It's like how students talk Like when I find my Because I'm a student at the moment so, yeah. But when I find myself out at like four o'clock in the morning with someone random, it's like the conversations we would have. It feels real and authentic and interesting with the dialogue. And I think that's what stands out. And I think that's what makes it one of, I think it's the first great rom-com of the 2020s. I think it's really interesting. It's one of my favourite films, even though it did make me feel a bit down on my own uni experience. But screw that, I really like it. And I um, think I will watch whatever Cooper Raft does next. He is such a genius. I think he's... This is like... It feels like you're watching the you've first You've gone from
0: making me think... Oh,
1: Richardson. this
0: film is um Sorry, I'm yawning. I'm tired. It is 11.30 at night. Um, and I, I'm still in my work uniform. Um, it's gone... You know, from what you're speaking about, it's gone from making me think, oh, this sounds boring, uh, quite uh, unoriginal and strange about a turtle. to... I want to watch that.
1: No, you do. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting film. It's it's slow. Ah. It is a slow burner and there is dialogue and it's not for everyone. I think it will relate to a lot of students. I think it will relate to almost any single person who did first year during the pandemic. Even the, Particularly because I've just got back to in-person uni, which is the first time it's happened since I started uni. And all of these second years... You kind of
0: had your freshers a year later, right?
1: No, not really. I But... Because I knew people and I've just been enjoying myself. Um, I've got a cold because I've been enjoying myself too much. But we all got to actual learning. Boom. We all got to actual learning in seminars. And we're all like, oh my God, we're being in rooms with people instead of in our own room on our laptop. And it just felt so real. So I think it really related to me. And and I think it relates to a lot of people as well.
0: Yeah. Um, another indie film uh, you've watched is Sweetheart. Talk to me about
1: that. Yeah, so this is a very British film. Um, it's yay, it's,
0: we love British films.
1: I, I i love this, I really enjoyed Sweetheart. Um, it's a rom com as well, and I really enjoyed that. So it's let it stars AJ, led by Neil, Neil Barlow, who's a socially awkward, environmentally conscious, pessimistic, doom and gloom uh t- teenager who um goes goes on like this family her holiday camp to a camper van park with her family um where she unexpectedly kind of falls in love with the hot uh very attractive sun loving free-spirited lifeguard isla um it's one of those first love films that's really sweet and it's really beautiful uh, but it doesn't feel contrived i mean it does a really good job of setting that feeling that you go on holiday and you can be whoever you want to be. And we've all been on those week holidays where it kind of feels like your life's in limbo but it's fantastic and you change who you are. And then sometimes you find love or you find friends. Um, It's got a good soundtrack. It, does, it creates a really good road in two hours. And it's really funny. Really funny. I think it's a really brilliant film. I saw it in cinemas. I'm not sure if it's still in cinemas. I doubt it is. But is I... it a
0: popular screening? Was was it busy?
1: No, it was mean to other old people. Other old, like two old people. Um, <sighs>
0: there three of you.
1: Yeah, there are three of us, and we were all laughing our heads off because it is really funny. Like, yeah, and it 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 did great. Considering two people in the audience with me Were probably about 50 years older than I am Considering all Actually there were a couple of other people in there But considering they're about six people And they were quite a wide range of ages the la- Everyone was laughing I think That's it good. plays really well It moves you It's got a really good family dynamic I love this film I can't wait to watch it again
0: There's so, so much good stuff in this podcast go check, out, go check out Shit house, Sweetheart, don't go check out
1: Um, the many saints of new york and go check out Uh, no time to die
0: yeah i need to go watch no time to die (coughs) um so that's my homework if you like for this week and i actually really want to go watch it i'm gonna i'm thinking nando's followed by no time to die should be good
1: i think Uh, if you go with people
0: diving into what i thought about the new james bond on the show next week
1: jacob if you go with people go no time to die and nando's because you'll want to talk about the film you will want to talk about the film
0: okay all right that, oh, okay <laughs> okay that's it sorted then that's it's sorted uh ben heath one at gmail.com to get in touch at i film on twitter just google i'll take your film is the first thing that comes up you can read all of our reviews i say our there bands. um cheers so much for listening give us a little like five star review maybe a little comment it'll really make our day right no time to die and bed first here i come see you next time
1: bye